Well, thank you so much for your really warm welcome. It is such a joy to be with you. Um, gosh, we love these guys so much, and uh, what a thrill to have them with us in Belfast and then send them out. And uh, we just want to say we're so proud of all of you, what God's done. It's hard to believe you're about to celebrate your second birthday. I wish I could come for cake. That'd be wonderful. Although pizza later will be wonderful. Be great. Um, we're just so thrilled with what God's doing amongst you and, and in you. And uh, it's my first time to get to be with you. So sorry it's taken me nearly two years to get here. But uh, um, yeah, we're just, we're just thrilled. And we want to just pray blessing upon you. There is a church full of people in Belfast cheering you on. So proud of you. They're praying for you this morning um, and supporting you. So um, you are part of a much wider family. And as Ben said, Harmony and I have the joy of leading in that family and giving some leadership to that family. Um, so yeah, just know that you're loved, supported, prayed for, and uh, you have a crowd of folks and churches really cheering you on. And if you're interested in connecting with the wider Vineyard family, we actually have kind of a family gathering coming up on the 11th and 12th of October. It's our Legacy Conference. Just want to invite you along to that. Um, all of the vineyards in Ireland will be gathering together. We have some guest speakers, but it really is a family gathering to worship together, to pray for one another, to explore what is the Holy Spirit saying to the churches in, in the vineyard movement in Ireland in this, in this day, in this year. Um, it's a time for us to come together to hear from his word and to hear from him. And uh, yeah, we would just love to invite you along to that 11th and 12th of October. Uh, go to legacyvineyard.ie and the events page if you're looking to how do I on earth do I get a ticket to this thing. Um, don't miss it. You're, it's going to be wonderful. So I hear you've been doing a sermon series on spiritual gifts, the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Uh, so Ben has asked me to come and talk about the gift of prophecy or prophetic ministry, uh, which I'm very happy to do. Um, some of us are really comfortable with the ministry of the Holy Spirit, and we've been around this stuff for a long time. Others of us were brand new to it and we're, let's just say, less comfortable to it. I just want you to relax. Um, we are going to do some prophetic ministry because there's no point talking about it if we're not going to bless one another with the gifts that God gives us. Um, but I'm just going to talk for a few minutes on a little bit of well, what is it um, and just some practical things around it so that we um, have a few safety measures in place and stuff like that uh, with the gift of the Spirit. I love the, the, how the Holy Spirit ministers to us in all its different ways, um, but we do have responsibilities to do that well and to play nice together. So we're going to talk a little bit about that, and then I've brought um, um, some folks with me. I'll introduce them at the end to you, um, and they're going to do some prophecy for you. It's going to be great. So you need to know about the vineyard a little bit. The vineyard is a, a movement of churches that actually expect to encounter the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We actually expect that. Maybe you sense that in the worship where there's just this expectancy that we are not just um, singing to a wall or, or singing about God, we're actually singing to him and we're actually in, inviting him to minister to us. And that's the kind of movement and the kind of churches we are. We serve a supernatural God who loves us with an everlasting love and invites us to know him intimately. And we see that revealed to us in his word. We see that is the testimony of the church through the ages. We believe God still speaks today. Um, and uh, we love his presence. 
And we are the, a kind of church and a kind of movement of churches that expects encounter with him, especially when we worship him passionately like we just got done doing. It's kind of who we are. I love the scriptures. I love the Bible. Um, preaching, hugely important, huge part of my life. It's something we have done all we can to build into the ministry of the Vineyard in Belfast. It's something I know you guys take incredibly seriously. Um, so preaching, study, devotional time in God's word, massively important. And I believe that's the primary way God speaks to us. But I also love the gift of prophecy in prophetic ministry. You know, part of my story is um, I didn't know that um, the prophetic ministry existed until I kind of got to university and met this crazy church called The Vineyard that actually believed God can still speak to us today. And we can, we can hear from God for one another and for ourselves. Uh, and through a process and some of the stuff I'm going to be sharing with you this morning, I found that it's real, it's incredibly helpful, and that God does want to and does speak to his children all the time. It's been a big part of my life and then helping other people hear from God for themselves. So I'm really excited to be talking to you about it. So I've got some slides here. Um, let's see, have I turned this on? I'm probably... Uh-oh. I'll let you let you do that. Oh, there we go. Don't worry. I've got them here. I can just read out my scripture passages to you. So I'll just keep going. They can keep, they can keep worrying about that one. So the first thing I'd just like to talk about is what, what is the gift of prophecy? If, as we search the, the scriptures, we see it happening actually all the time. And in the New Testament, we see that prophecy was really normal in the New Testament church. Um, uh, the Apostle Peter, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, he quotes uh, a prophet called Joel when he's standing up. The Holy Spirit has just come upon him and come upon the, the rest of the apostles. And Peter gives this amazing sermon, and he quotes Joel chapter 2, uh, verses 28 and, and 29. It says, And afterwards I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my Spirit uh, in those days. That just sets us up to see that this is going to happen. This was something that God had planned from the beginning. This was going to be normal, that he would pour out his spirit upon us, and that men and women would prophesy. And part of having his spirit poured out upon us is prophetic ministry would be a major part of that. Part of living life in the kingdom of God is actually hearing his voice for us, for each other. And when God speaks... His life is released. In the Apostle Paul's letters to the New Testament church, we see prophecy and prophets frequently mentioned. In the book of Acts, we see various prophetic voices in action. In the vineyard, we just believe that the, the New Testament teaches us that it's a gift to be sought after because of its benefits to the church. In 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, it says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. I'm just going gonna, gonna to let you click, because when I do it, it doesn't work. So there we go. Um, so it's something that we are to eagerly desire. And then again, at the end of chapter 14, it says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, be eager to prophesy, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. 
First Thessalonians 5. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all and hold on to what is good. Prophecy isn't to be despised. Prophecy must be weighed and tested. We're going to talk an awful lot about that in a minute. Um, but it is there, and it's functional, and it's for the blessing of the church. We believe everybody can hear from God. Now, some of us will be especially gifted and have what's called the gift of prophecy, just like we can all share our faith, can't we? We can all, we can all evangelize. Um, but there'll be some of us that uh, have the gift of evangelism, and that will be way more uh, potent and functional in our lives. Others of us, um, we can all pray for healing, but some of us have the gift of healing, or the gift of miracles, and we'll see more than most people. But we can all do this, and as John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, said, everybody gets to play. We just have to be willing to listen to God and be willing to take some risks. A great definition of what prophecy is, is uh, uh, by a theologian uh, called Wayne Grudem. And he writes this, uh, prophecy is a human report of a divine revelation, telling something that God has spontaneously brought to mind. Okay, that's a definition from Wayne Grudem. So the gift of prophecy is different from the gift of teaching. Teaching is based primarily on uh, on previously given revelation in God's word. It's not the result of careful study, research, and preparation. Uh, that's, that's more like teaching. Prophecy is simply a human report of a revelation God spontaneously brings to mind. And that revelation could come in the form of pictures, it could come in a dream, it could come in a, a vision, and lots of different things. Well, what are the purposes of prophecy? What's it for? What's it for? Well, I always look to 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3, uh, where it says, But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. I think that's a good summation of, of most of what prophetic ministry is about. It's for strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. In other words, it builds up the church. The church is strengthened, the church is encouraged, and the church is comforted. Now, is the church challenged when prophetic ministry is around? Absolutely. But it all comes in this package of strengthening, encouraging, and comforted. And that's why it's so important. A church that welcomes prophetic ministry is a strong church because it's been strengthened, encouraged, and comforted. And when we talk about this, um, you know, prophetic words often sound like, don't give up because this is what God says about you or your community. Don't be afraid, because this is what God is doing in your midst. Be strong, persevere. Prophetic words and revelation often gives faith and courage to us. And I don't know how you feel, but I think we frequently need to have courage put back into us. In Belfast, we're journeying a sermon series right now called Courage, and we're preaching over the next year through the Bible and looking at places where the men and women of God have had to show extreme courage, and how can we live that out in our lives? Well, prophetic ministry is one of the ways where God puts courage into us. It says, gather your strength. You can face this. God is with you. This is what God says about you. You are more than you think you are, and things like that. You may be at a point in your life right now where you feel that God's forgotten you, that you've been abandoned by the Lord. And every follower of Jesus goes through a period of time where it feels like maybe God's uh, forgotten about them. And in those moments, God often inspires a prophetic word of comfort through the gift of prophecy. He lets you know that he hasn't forgotten you, that he sees you, that he's aware of your situation. Now, the situation might not change, 
But you just knowing that God sees you fills your heart with comfort and it fills your soul with strength and you're encouraged. And uh, just as an illustration of that, um, as I was praying for you as a community this morning and asking the Lord for you as a church, like what, what would he have for you? Um, I felt like he spoke to me for you as an entire church. And uh, at the end, the guys will give some words, but I just want to give you one here just to illustrate this. Um, I just had a sense um, from the Lord for you guys um, that right now it maybe feels like being part of this community is wonderful, but maybe you feel a little bit hidden. Um, that the church in your hearts is bigger than the church that you see uh, week in, week out right now. And you're really dreaming about impacting your community uh, in bigger and bigger ways. That's kind of the church in your heart. It's bigger than, than what's here right now. I'm certainly not despising what's here right now. I am celebrating what's here right now. But you do, uh, part of being the people of God is you have a church in your heart that's not yet uh, in the real world. We have one there in Belfast where we're just contending and dreaming for more and more as God gives us more revelation. Well, anyway, I felt like the Lord uh, really wanted you to know that he sees you. And actually in this season, his eye is really on you as a church community. And he is allowing this space right now to build you with deep foundations. Uh, and he's bringing you clarity about what you as a church uniquely bring to Bangor and the North Down area. What he has ordained that only you can bring to this area. And right now, I saw him uh, gathering to you people in their ones and twos and their threes and fours, just slow and steady gathering. And that's the season right now. And that's what he's doing um, because he's putting key building blocks in place about who you are and how you're going to serve the city. The days are coming, I believe, for you, where he's going to be bringing people in their 10s and 20s, and it's going to be a much different season, and it's going to be a much larger season. But right now, you're growing by 1s and 2s, and this is a carefully crafted time from the Lord because his eyes is on you. And uh, I had a sense that um, because you're growing in ones and twos and threes or fours, uh, that, that the Lord has a special kind of window of opportunity for you where it's like word of mouth invites um, person to person, uh, people you know uh, are really powerful for you in this season. You know, I believe the days are coming where you put something up on social media and 20 people will show up that you've never met before. And that's wonderful and that's, those seasons are great. But this is a really potent season for you. Uh, where the Lord is building deliberately. So people in your life that you've been wondering, should I invite them to church? I would go and give them a personal invitation because I believe it's a season of the Lord gathering you in ones and twos and threes and fours. And it's an exciting season. It's a foundational season and his eye is upon you. So be encouraged, be strengthened, be built up. Well, the, Lord, the, the gift of prophecy also highlights things like preparation or strengthening in important areas. So in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18, Paul writes to Timothy, his son in the faith, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. So he's calling on his son in the faith, Timothy. He's saying, you need to remember the prophetic words because you need to be prepared. You need to be strengthened in, a, in an important area, you've got a battle on your hands. So remember what was prophesied about you and let it build you back up. Um, we also see you can have prophetic words highlighting practical application of Scripture. 
that this, you know, this verse is for you in this season, really important. Um, it can uh, highlight an underused spiritual gift that the Lord wants to fan into flame, or it can release a, a discernment of a gifting. So back in 1 Timothy, this time chapter 4, he writes to Timothy, Do not neglect your gift, which was given to you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands upon you. So he's telling them, don't neglect this. This is a spiritual gift in your life. The church needs this from you, so fan it into flame. And remember, the elders laid their hands on you, and they prophesied this about you, so gather your strength. Um, prophetic ministry can release physical or emotional healing in the room. It can be a confirmation of mission or ministry, and we see that in the book of Acts, chapter 13. Uh, now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. So there they are. They're there. We have Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Menaean, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, uh, and Saul. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. How did the Holy Spirit speak that? He spoke it through those who were doing prophetic ministry, and he brought direction to that church. You can have warnings in prophetic ministry. You see that in Acts chapter 20 and 21. There's guidance and direction, which we'll talk about a good bit in just a second. Uh, then there can just be conviction of sin, and particularly conviction of sin for folks who aren't yet following Jesus. And we see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And um, it actually, when you, when, another thing that comes when prophetic ministry is done is just a sense of God's reality. A sense of God's reality. In, in verse 25 of chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians, it talks about the secrets of our hearts being laid bare, so they will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. The effect of a true prophetic word is to create comfort and strengthening and encouraging, yes, but also just this sense that God is alive, God sees me, that God is in this place. And one of the ways that God shouts to us that he is alive, that he exists, that he can be trusted and believed in is through the spiritual gift of prophecy. Someone comes up to you and shares with you information they could not have known other than God had shown them. That, this happened to me actually just this week. I was over in England meeting with a team of people I meet with as part of the national leadership team of the Vineyard Movement in the United Kingdom and Ireland. So we were all together. They were my friends. They were praying for me. And um, a couple of them just said, look, we have this sense uh, that this is what you are thinking and feeling about yourself. I actually arrived to the meeting late. Uh, we didn't do that thing that you always do in these kinds of meetings where you go around and share how are things going and all that stuff. I missed that part and hadn't shared a thing with any of them. And they just said, look, we have the sense that this is what you're thinking and feeling about yourself. And that actually isn't what God thinks about you. He's actually for you. He's equipped you, so you need to be really confident in that. And you, not, you need to not let yourself go down that rabbit trail of negative thinking all the time. And another one of them said, also, I really have this sense, I don't know if this makes any sense to you, Andy, that you've been really asking God for something in the, in the secret place, in the place of prayer, and he wants you to know he's heard you, and this is what you've been asking him, isn't it? And I was like, yes, actually, it is. Hadn't shared any of it with any of them, and I felt heard. I felt full of faith. I felt like God sees me, and that's, that's what happens when the prophetic, and prophetic ministry happens. And I just think in churches, large and small, this should happen all the time. We should share words and pictures from the Lord for each other. And sometimes that will be you know, with a microphone in front of a group like this. Other times you'll just text your friend 
and say, look, I was praying for you. And this is what I felt like God might be saying to you. Um, it's part of being a worshiping community, a family together on mission, where God speaks to us to build us up, and we play our part receiving and giving that away, where he lets us know that he's there, and that he's real, and he's for us. And it's the kindness of the Lord that he comes, he cares enough to speak to us, where he knows what's going on in our lives. He loves us so much. It's the kindness of the Lord that leads us to repentance. Another part of prophetic ministry is guidance. In the New Testament, there's loads of examples of prophecy being used to offer guidance for the sending out of missionaries or direction regarding where to plant a church and, and loads of other things. You can see some of this in Acts 13, Acts 16. But we never rely on prophecy alone for guidance and decision-making. See, God wants you to walk dependently upon him. He doesn't want you to be dependent upon a prophetically gifted person. Okay? Prophets and people with the gift of prophecy and people who in the moment speak prophetic words, like they're just God's gifts to us. But they're not like the great, crazy, wonderful, divine oracles that have all knowledge and stuff like that. And we make a serious mistake when we elevate them beyond what God intended for prophetic people and we like can't make a decision until we consult them and stuff like that. That's not what we're talking about at all. All The vast majority of our guidance will come through our own personal meditation upon God's word. It is the number one thing. It will also come through our own personal times of prayer before the Lord. It will come through the counsel of mature Christian believers. And when it comes to decision-making and guidance, prophecy usually highlights or underlines what God is already saying to you. That's really important. God wants you to develop confidence in your own ability to privately hear from him for your life. It is wonderful when God highlights for you through a prophetic word what he's saying to you or pushes you or invites you to pray about something new that you haven't prayed about because of a word of prophecy. Um, but you're responsible for your own decisions before God. That's one of our values in the vineyard. We don't do hype and control and manipulation. So who gets to decide if a prophetic word is for you or not? Well, you do. You do. You get to accept or reject. And so at the vineyard, we don't stand up here and say, thus saith the Lord and, and all that stuff. We say, look, I think the Lord might be saying this to you, but you get to weigh and test it for you. And if necessary, we bring the body in to help weigh and test prophetic words. You know, does that make sense to you? Does that resonate with you? You have the freedom to reject it or accept it. No hype and no manipulation. So, just want to get really practical here, um, and then we'll do some prophetic ministry. By the way, this isn't the beginning and the end on, on prophecy and prophetic ministry. These are just some thoughts this morning for you to get you started and maybe released into this type of thing, um, but it's by no means exhaustive. Um, I just wanted to run through, what do I do if someone actually gives me a prophetic word or a word of prophecy? Like, what do I do? And then we'll give some so that you know what to do with it. Um, so what do I do? Do I run away or something like that? Well, no. Please don't run away. The first thing we do, if we're given a prophetic word, is we weigh and test it. And uh, in 1 Corinthians, again, chapter 14, you get the picture that 1 Corinthians 14, Paul's talking a lot about prophecy. Verse 29, he just says, in, you know, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. Okay. And back to, again, 1 Thessalonians 5, do not quench the spirit, do not treat prophecies with content, but test them all 
and hold on to what is good. So holding on to what is good and testing and all that stuff tells us that we have a responsibility to, to sift them and to weigh them and, and test them. So how, how do I do that? How do I weigh and test prophetic words? Well, for the first question we ask if someone gives you a prophetic word is, is it consistent with Scripture? Is it consistent with Scripture? If it's not, then get rid of it. So if somebody, you know, if I stand up here in a few minutes and just say, look, I have a prophetic word for you, and, you know, it's that, you know, um, Jesus really doesn't love you anymore and things like that. Well, you know from the Bible that that's just a bunch of rubbish, right? So you can just immediately say, uh, false prophet, and no, I'm not taking that on board for me. So we can just get rid of it if it contradicts Scripture in any way. Now that tells us something, actually, really interesting, that we need to know the Scriptures, so anytime you're going to do prophetic ministry or have that and robust presence in the life of the church, which I really hope you want and desire and want to have here, you also have a need a robust engagement with God's word. So that means we all need to go back to it and be in it and internalize it in ever-increasing ways. So the invitation into Holy Spirit ministry uh, doesn't contradict the ministry of the Word. It actually highlights its essential place and invites all of us, whether we're pastors and leaders or we're just coming along, to say, I need more of the Word of God in my life. Um, so, first, is it consistent with Scripture? Second, um, you, you get to use your own God-given wisdom and discernment in this. You know, does it bear witness with me? Um, uh, does it echo deeply or resonate with me? Uh, you get to test prophecy with confidence. You can discern good and bad for yourself. I personally find fasting really helpful. Um, if someone's giving me a prophetic word and it doesn't contradict Scripture, but I'm just not sure it's for me, fasting and prayer is just a great way to do that. And it's just me using my own God-given stuff to discern it and to try and say, oh, is this for me or not? And you can do the same. Thirdly, we can use the wisdom and discernment in the body of Christ or the church gathered around us, our church family. Our church family can help weigh and test, particularly if it's a word for our entire church, but also words for individuals. Um, you've got great leaders here who would love to pray with you and help you. So you will be told today, you know, as, as I introduce the group, like if the word doesn't sit right that you get, that's, that's okay. We're, we're under authority here. And you can take that to your pastors and leaders here, and they will help discern if this is for you or not. And if not, we can bin it and get rid of it. But if it is, we can embrace it. That's one of the gifts to us about belonging to a local community, is that there's gifts of discernment here that can help. And we don't make major decisions based on one word. Like if you get a word like move to a different country today, please weigh and test that. We don't, you know, we don't just say, oh, somebody stood up in a service and said this, so I guess I'm moving to Cambodia or something like that. That's not how it works. We weigh and we test things, and the body of Christ helps us. Um, there was one Sunday morning in Belfast where um, I was preaching, and we're doing church, and there was this guy I'd never met before, we'd never seen before, uh, and I've never seen again since, um, uh, way up at the back, and I preached my heart out and you know, did my best, and we did our best to do church, uh, and at the end, he's like, I've got a prophetic word for you guys, and I really need to give it. So I says, oh, great, and I was expecting you know, blessing, and you, know, you love my sermon, and all that stuff. And uh, he started with, you need to know this from the Lord, that he's actually really upset with you, that you're way off track um, as a church. Um, this is not pleasing to God, and... 
you need to change directions. You're going in the wrong direction, and you shouldn't preach like this. Uh, you should, you know, and and this is just all wrong. So, needless to say, I wasn't very blessed by that. Um, and I was actually quite confused, and I didn't know what to do, and it just felt like I'd been slimed, basically. Um, and I just was a bit, you know, dazed. And then our associate pastor, Alan, said, you need to talk to uh, this woman, uh, Kate, who's been part, well, was part of our community for years. And she just said, look, I was driving in today, and I felt like God said to me for our community that you'd be given three prophetic words today, and one of them is false. And last night, I had a dream. And in my dream, we as a church were moving through a desert, but we were on a road. Uh, and all of a sudden, there just appeared on this road like a stop sign. And... Um, we came up and we stopped as a community and we were thinking, do we need to go a different direction or not? And then I looked a little closer at the stop sign, she said, in my dream, and it was like a fake stop sign that just blew over. It wasn't real. And our church kept on going. And that was just the body of Christ helping discern, is this a word from God for us or is this actually something we can just get rid of? or even a distraction from the enemy designed to take us off where we should be going. That's kind of how it can work. The body discerned that this word could be discarded. Now, most of us would probably, maybe we wouldn't say we're experts in discernment or discerning if something is from the Lord or not, but here's the deal. Uh, Harmony and I have been leading our community for almost 20 years. Most of the time, um, people who love and follow Jesus know when something isn't right. That's my experience. They may not know why it doesn't feel right, but they certainly know this doesn't feel right. It just feels a bit fishy. Well, that's discernment. So don't be afraid. Any prophetic person who is worth listening to and who's authentic and genuine absolutely loves discernment and weighing and testing of their words. They don't fear that. They welcome that. If you get somebody up here that's like, I'm the almighty prophet and you can never challenge me or something like that, that's the sign of an insecure and broken person that may have prophetic gifting but isn't offering that in humble submission. And I would suggest not listening to those people until they get some healing. Okay? So uh, discernment, hugely important. Um, I'm coming in for a landing here. Here's some other things. Ask if it's true. Like, if it's passing all the tests, then we kind of get to, well, is it true? Uh, if it's a prophecy about the future, does it actually come to pass? One, one time, somebody phoned me up and gave me this prophetic word saying, in seven months, someone from America, from a large church, is going to phone you up and is going to offer you uh, the chance to come and lead that church in seven months. And I got really anxious, and like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do, and da, 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 and all stirred up, as you can imagine. And I talked to my spiritual father about it, and he's like, well, just put it on the shelf and wait and see if it's true. Like, wait to see if somebody calls you, and then you'll know. And uh, lo and behold, nobody called me, and so it must not have been from the Lord. So, you know, so one of the questions you can just simply ask, well, is that true? Um, and if it's not, then uh-oh, we're going to put that over there. Um, does it confirm what God's doing? I I've, um, was talking to somebody in our church. I had a word for them just this last week. Uh, they're going through a really hard time. They'd asked me to pray, so I prayed, and I felt God spoke something to me, and my question to them is here, I'm going to give this to you, does that resonate with you? Does that describe what's going on in your life right now? And they were like, yes, it does. Okay, so that's a good sign, it really resonates with them. Um, um, does it stir you up in a really positive way? 
um, and then things start to happen around it. So in other words, like maybe you get a word today about going deeper with God in worship or about something that's going to happen in work. Does it stir up excitement in you to pray and, and take risks and stuff like that? And then do you actually see activity of God's spirit happening around you as you take small risks? Well, that's a sign that, yes, that is a word from the Lord right there. Another thing we need to do, I've kind of alluded to it a little bit, is we need to test the track record of the person prophesying. Are they consistently accurate and effective? Um, anybody can make a mistake, and we do make mistakes, and that's okay. Um, uh, but it's just easier to test a collection of words from various settings over time. Um, so track record, really important. Again, that's why accountability and doing this as a body where people know each other is so important. Um, and I certainly love my brothers and sisters who are more itinerant prophetic ministers. That's fine. That's great. Um, but that does raise into question, can we test your track record? You know. Um, again, uh, we want to listen to prophetic voices who are under authority and willing to be challenged. If they're not under authority and not willing to be challenged, I would give that a wide berth. We don't do secret prophetic words. So somebody's like, look, uh, I've got this word, but don't tell anybody. Don't listen. That's just weird manipulation and control, and it may be accurate, but uh, like I said before, true prophetic voices worth being listened to love discernment. They are happy to go on record, and they're happy to be wrong. Okay, And that just keeps the hype and the control and the manipulation down and the health way up. Okay, And the team I'm going to introduce to you in just a moment... Uh, they are under the leadership of our church. They are accountable. They, we are all learning, so nobody's perfect. Nobody's saying, I am the new self-appointed prophet to the nations and all that stuff. We are just building good, solid track record. These are guys that have prophesied in our lo local community and have done a really good job. Um, again, I, mistakes are okay when there's healthy team and pastoral covering around it. Um, and we are good at weighing and testing, okay? So the guys I'm, I'm going to introduce you to in just a second, we, we totally endorse them. We think it's great. And um, they are the kind of prophetic voices that we think you should listen to. Uh, another we test is, does it glorify Jesus or does it exalt the one who's prophesying? So are people treating this like I'm putting on a show here or am I actually trying to give you a prophetic word? Uh, and just be careful. There's a lot of people out there that, that's more about them than it is about Jesus. Um, and then does it reflect God's heart or does it have a vindictive or sharp edge to it? Like I said earlier, does it feel like you've been slimed? Um, remember that strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. That's primarily what the prophetic words are about. Now, we can bring a really challenging prophetic word. We can even confront people who are in sin through a prophetic word. Now, you got to be really careful about that. But from the angle of love and encouragement, and God has more for you, God has a flourishing life for you, um, but leave this thing that you're doing and come into... One example is the prophet Nathan confronting King David after he'd sinned with Bathsheba. He confronts him. God, God spoke to the prophet about it, and the prophet confronts him, but it ushers David into new life and repentance. So it can happen. So does it reflect God's heart? After you weigh and test all these things, if you feel like it's from the Lord, you are actually responsible for you to take it on board or not, to be open to it or not. Remember our First Thessalonians passage, uh, do not despise prophetic words. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. 
hold on to the good. Okay? And part of prophetic ministry is actually receiving the ones that are from the Lord, just as much as it is about discerning the ones that aren't. And so if you get a prophetic word that you really feel like is for you, um, don't just have a passive response to that. Press in as much as you can to receive that and act on it and pursue God and to seek his face in it and to really steward the ways in which he has spoken to you. I want to end there. Um, again, this was not the exhaustive uh, final word on the gift of prophecy or prophetic ministry, but hopefully that gives you a bit of our heart, uh, where we're coming from on the gift of prophecy, and a gentle nudge into receiving this in your community and then also beginning to practice this more and more in your community. So I want to introduce you to some friends of mine. Uh, I want to invite the team up here, and I'll introduce them, and then they're going to offer some prophetic words. And again, they're under our authority and under Ben and Rebecca's authority here. So again, if you get a word from these guys, you're like, I'm not sure about that, you feel free to come and talk with them and process. They'll be hanging around. You can process that with them. You can also take it to Ben and Rebecca and just say, help us discern this, okay? So yeah, so let's, I'll introduce them to you, and then we will go for it, okay? So uh, this is Sandra. She leads up our prophetic community in Belfast and does an amazing job. This is Louise. She's part of that community. This is Suzanne, and this is Evan. So you could just say hi and welcome them or wave at them or something like that. And uh, as you can imagine, this is like a risk for them. And so um, i just love for you to, to honor that risk. I'm going to pray. Um, and then we're just going to go for it. And they will, maybe they'll have some, I haven't talked to them really about do they have anything or do they not. Um, and um, again, we do the no hype thing. So if we don't feel like we have a prophetic word for somebody in the room or for the church as a whole, then we don't have to give it. Like we don't make anything up, okay? And that's part of how we increase the safety here of this. Um, they may have words for you guys as individuals, um, or they may have something for the whole church. Uh, but again, it's accountable and recorded, and you guys can weigh and test that for you, and then you can chat to them after, and maybe they'd even pray for you and stuff like that. So, Lord, we just invite you to, um, to walk among us, and I pray you would highlight uh, folks whom you want to highlight. I pray, Lord, that this would be really honoring to you, and we just say that we love you. We want you to be honored and we want men and women and this particular church to be built up, to be strengthened, equipped, encouraged. So Lord, come and bless.